Okay. Este, recording. Hello, Claudia. How are you? So, Hi, Diana. Uh, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. So my name is Diana Kaufman. I'm an international college counselor in Caracas, Venezuela. And today I am going to interview my Ayurvedic practitioner, who is also a yoga teacher and was a teacher in schools for many years. So I am totally fascinated by her work. I am one of the clients and I'm very excited to have her on to tell us so many wonderful things about teaching and life in general, and of course, Ayurveda. So Claudia, welcome. Thank you, Diana. Thanks for that oh, beautiful introduction. I'm also very pleased to have the opportunity to, to enjoy this meeting with you. So, uh, well, where would you like us to start? Well, I think if you tell us a little bit about yourself, because I find you have a very interesting uh, bio and just a tiny bit so that our audience can get to know you a little bit and then we'll start with a, a lot of fun questions that I have for you. Okay. Well, you know what? Basically, about my personal and professional life, um, I graduated as a business administrator and it was a career where I didn't feel identified at all. It's like, you know, it wasn't like my true purpose. I just studied that because it was like the, you know, what you should do at those times. I mean, I really wanted to teach, to study, to be in uh, education, but that wasn't appropriate under the standards of my family. So, uh, you know, I graduated from business, but my true career, my true passion is teaching. So I have taught Diana for more than 30 years now. And while I was even studying uh, business administration, I was teaching at a school. So I started when I was 21. And uh, of those 30 years in teaching, teaching kids in uh, pre-kindery, elementary school, even high school, 16 of those years, I have dedicated them to holistic studies, okay? Meaning study yoga, yoga philosophy, the science of yoga, also Ayurveda as a science, and Vedanta and Jyotish. Now, all of these, some weird names that maybe uh, your audience is not familiar with, have to do with, uh, uh, like, all the sciences of nature. I mean, how was the world created? Uh, why do we, I mean, which are the patterns of thinking that we have nowadays? Now, what, what are the laws that are in nature and also, you know, uh, in math, in um, architecture, in music, because Vedantic studies have to do with the, like the basic sciences. So yes, I can tell you that uh, 16 years ago, I started studying uh, these sciences. I started with yoga, just like a, like a normal yoga student at a yoga studio, doing poses, asanas. But you know, when you have like this wow moment that you go into a class and you go, okay, what is this? What am I feeling? I mean, why did I find this before? And that was the beginning. And that was 16 years ago. And now today, I'm not an Ayurvedic practitioner. I'm a Vedic counselor because I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner. You lost you. Wow. Pish means Vedic astrology. So, you know, I would say that I'm more like a puzzle that has 
a lot of knowledge of many things that get together into this term of being a vetted counselor. Okay, so then I, of course I said, I said the wrong thing because I'm a very new client of yours and I'm still learning about all these things. So thank you for explaining exactly what you do. And then oh, no. since- And you know what, to, just to, to comment on that, mm -hmm. you, you said the correct thing because the an Ayurvedic practitioner, it's a person that does what I'm doing with you. The oh, thing is that okay. to be an Ayurvedic practitioner, you gotta have like the certification. You know what I mean? Talking mm -hmm. about uh, just diplomas and stuff, you gotta have like the certification of being um, and that you're very practitioner. So, you know, it's basically the same thing, just to make it clear for the audience, we know one, one never knows. <laughs> right, yes, and I did read all about, you know, all your certifications that you've, you know, done. I mean, it's a lot of study. It's many, many years of study. And of course, the uh, Vedas are a very old science. So, I mean, I'm sure there's enough there to study for probably eons. So it's, it's a yes. fascinating study. So, yes, yes. Thrilling. So since you, you've been in this second part of your, of your uh, teaching mode and, and helping people, what can you tell us as, as being uh, a student, what was the most interesting part of your Ayurvedic training? And did you have a, a teacher in particular that you like? Oh, well, I love that question. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, you know, uh, of those, the most, the best part in Ayurvedic training is the recognition, Diana. I mean, I think I love everything about Ayurveda, but one of the things that really grabbed me by my heart is that Ayurveda taught me to love myself. Hmm. Basically, I mean, I discovered a science that knew everything about me. That meaning a science that finally would describe who I am. So Ayurveda helped me to sort of like validate what I thought were flaws in me. What I thought were, uh, you know, like mistakes I did all the time. I had um, all kinds of disorders, including eating disorders. And my eating disorders vanished with Ayurveda because it's not such a complicated science. It's, it's, a, it's a common sense science. It's a science that teaches you that you form part of nature and that if you follow just routines, if you eat at certain times, if you eat foods that really contrast your qualities, if you just pay attention to your sleep, if you just do the exercise at the correct time and have lunch at noon and do all you know, just tiny little things that have to do with building healthy habits. It's just everything changes like magic. So it, it's, it is a science that really in the first place taught me to love myself as I am. I mean, right. with my physical qualities, with my mental qualities. And when you learn to love yourself and recognize yourself, nobody else can beat you nobody because you suddenly become so uh strong well i would say you suddenly have like this empowerment of knowing who you are with your strengths and weaknesses but you're solid you know you're solid you know so that's one of the things that really 
fascinated me and just, you know, it was like love at the first sight. And about the teachers mm -hmm. that I've had during this, yeah, during these 16 years, I can't say that I had like best teachers because, you know, I have had three teachers that have been very important in my life. One is Dr. Suhas Shirsagar, who is uh, in charge of most of my academic formation in Vedic studies. And he's the director of the Ayurvedic Hilton Institute in Santa Cruz, California. He has written many, many books. And well, I am a pupil. I mean, uh, I don't know how to say that word, pupila. I am a- Yeah, pupil. You, you say that in English, a pupil. pupil. You're a pupil. Okay, pupil, mm -hmm. okay. And mm -hmm. then I have this other teacher, uh, his name is Bruce Davis, and he has taught me how to assess clients with love and compassion. He has taught me how to do very counseling, making the hard path of other people smooth. He has shown me uh, uh, Vedic uh, astrology, I mean, understanding astrology through compassion and love, and that's very important. And finally, the third teacher that it's like the most important in my life as well is called Swami Vidya Dishananda. He's a, he's a living uh, monk, uh, Himalayan monk, okay? He's a Swami, he's a guru. And he's my guru, he's my spiritual guide, he's my meditation teacher. And he has taught me, Diana, to find my own realization. He has taught me to really feel the presence of God in my life through meditation, through breathing, and through Vedic practices. So I've, I think I've been very lucky. You know, I've been accompanied in, in this journey in this last 16 years by very important uh, spiritual guidances. Yes, I, though it does sound absolutely fascinating, these uh, three teachers that you've had, and each one with their own particular teachings that have then created a very well-rounded uh, Vedic, Vedic um, practitioner. It's, it's, uh, it's fascinating and, and so important. And of course you continue to have contact with them, which is, is wonderful because it's an ongoing learning process. And that is fascinating. That, that is so important what you just said because that ongoing learning process, I think that's the key. Um, I would say that, you know, one of my passions is really to study and just keep on learning. And the fact that I have these three teachers in my life and I'm in a continual formation, in a continual uh, uh, contact with them. Actually, today I'm having a call with Swami Vidya Shananda. So that gives me support, gives me confidence, gives, gives me stability. Uh, gives me also knowledge, wisdom, clarity of mind. So yes, I think that, you know, that's one of the key words that, that I am in a continual process of learning. I am a student forever. And from that humble position, then I'm able to help others because, you know, I don't have the answers to, to everything. I'm just like a, like a door. I just help other people open their own doors to access their own spiritual path. And I find what's important too about saying that of having a continuous support system and learning system in place that I think that that's important for all of us and especially for students who might be graduating this year or next year or maybe graduated two or three years ago 
to understand that we need to go through that continuous pro process of learning, of uh, keeping up to date, of, you know, uh, just keep going because things, new things come out. We need to renew uh, learnings. We need to add to the learnings. So I, I really like that. And, and I hope and that- also, And also we need, we, we need to adapt right so we need to adapt to the times we're living and and like you're doing podcasting right now we have to also adapt how we help others in their path meaning not only educational but educationally in any of the terms because the world is changing and if something that it's quite obvious we we're going you and i we're going through one of the biggest changes in the world so far in the last 100 years and we're going through times of lots of uncertainty. So it is only knowledge and wisdom and, you know, the capacity one has to be centered and to develop moral courage and to, to, to keep standing in your values that is going to help you as a student. It doesn't matter how old you are. You could be 15, 20, 16, 30, 40, 70, 50. You really have to know where, where you're standing. I mean, you really have to have your, your structure, your basis very well firmed to navigate in whatever it is that you have in life. Yes, and that we are having such uncertain times. So if we do have all those things in place and we have good habits, we have good morals, we have good values, it's so helpful to be able then to navigate through the, all of this. That is very true. Um, and uh, one of the questions that you just meant that I wanted to ask you and you sort of started on that is how do you see education evolving in the future? How would you imagine it? How would you like to see education in the future? I mean, now and in the future, I'd like to see it change yesterday, <laughs> you know? Yes, uh, yes. You know what? Um, I think that the answer it's how we'd like to see it but i also think it's how we are going to see it i mean i think that what we're going through at this moment we are talking in uh july 2020 right now and this uh podcast you know maybe listen in maybe two or three years and people uh, might remember that we're going through the all this process of COVID 19 and that has changed everything so far so for all the reasons you know the seen reasons everything we're seeing how the planet is making us to change i think planet earth diana demands as a planet i mean as a living thing where we live in demands that we become better citizens of the planet more connected to nature to the values of living education should envision these values values where they should teach okay students at any level i'm talking from pre-kinder kinder elementary high school uh universities colleges you have to teach students how to connect with themselves learn spiritual living that means no other thing that learning mindfulness skills and what do i mean by that just learn to be more conscious about your actions be responsible for your individual and collective actions. That's what, That's you know, I, I was an educator for some, maybe, I don't know, 14 years at a school here in Caracas, Venezuela. And we didn't have COVID-19 at those times. And when I taught, I taught in, in seventh grade, then I taught in 12th grade. 
And I always, always, I was an English teacher, so I always focused my teaching into have the students go deeper, deep, go deep, ask questions, be curious, see how those words permeate in you. Do that, do those words or that lesson makes you vibe or it doesn't make you, doesn't make you vibe when you choose a career. Why are you choosing the career? How, do I, how did I start this podcast? Telling you that I studied business administration because it was what my parents suggested that would be good for me. But I didn't vibrate with that. I mean, it had nothing to do with my life. I'm not going to tell you that I wasted four years of my life, but definitely what I was studying business, I was teaching. So I think schools have the immense responsibility to hire teachers that are committed to their work, that believe in what they're doing, that have as a priority to make your student be a, like a whole, you know, like a whole. Have the student learn the sciences, but also have the students to, to learn to be conscious, to understand what they're learning by experience. I think really we have to, as, as a society, we really have to connect with our feelings, with our emotions, with our sensitivities, and access anything that we study from engineering, math, um, architecture, uh, medicine, whatever, from a mindful uh, aspect. Being mindful of what, what are you doing. I mean, when you build a building, what are you building the building for? Where? For what? I mean, we have to become a more conscious society. Otherwise, we're going to continue having, you know, more COVID and more yes. things going on. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yes. And, and I definitely would love to see that happen in all of the schools. And as you say, from kindergarten through your PhD work. And, mm -hmm. and that would make it a completely different planet. And, and uh, I must say, a much, I, I imagine it as a much more pleasant place to be in, you know. Um, that was really interesting. Thank you. Fascinating. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, your daily routine and what keeps you motivated. Well, my, my daily routine starts like every day at the same time because uh, in Ayurveda, one of the things that really helps you to recalibrate your energy, to like have your energy in a standardized way, meaning that you keep your energy uh, alive and kicking until 7 p.m., which is like the day of the, the, the time of the day where birds go to their nests. So it's the time of the day where you should go to your nest not meaning you're going to go into your bed, but, you know, just start winding down. You know, I, I, I work a lot with my schedule. So I wake up every day more or less at the same time, around 7 a.m., 6.30, 7 a.m. And I do a wellness routine, which means that, you know, of course, I, I just uh, keep the hygiene and, you know, wash my mouth and everything. And then I go and drink one glass of warm water glue, 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 glue. So having the warm water in my body without any food sort of like uh, vanishes or wipes out all the toxins, not all, but uh, some of the toxins that you have accumulated during the night. 
because during the night you accumulate toxins, okay? The toxins of the day. So I do that and then I follow with a pranayama practice, which is a mindful breathing practice, very controlled and slow breathing, which helps me to start my engines, okay? Which helps me to be filled with prana, with vital energy, okay? And then I just get a cup of tea and I do a, a short yoga practice, half an hour, 45 minutes, because I do have a lot of office work. And I try, Diana, to pack all my work within the daylight, okay? I try to work while there is light. So in summer, I work a little more because we have uh, the sunset around 7 p.m. And in winter, I work a little less. Okay, because the daylight comes, uh, the night comes sooner. So uh, I work during daylight, and then when the night comes, I have an early dinner and I close my day always with a meditation practice every night after I have my dinner. You know, I just take a, a, a hot bath, I just oil my skin, and you know, I just start like winding down. I close with a meditation, and then I just read a few pages of a book and I go to bed. That's like my everyday basis, but then on weekends, I might have you know, social uh, gatherings with some friends, you know, make some pasta or, you know, one time or the other we'll make pizza or I watch some movies. But that's basically, I have a very, very, very simple life. I mean, it's a, it's, I would say that some for like Deepak Chopra says sometimes that maybe his life sounds like boring to other people. So, you know, when he said that, I really uh, like, uh, how you say that? I connected. I mean, I felt identified because my life might seem quite boring to, to some other people, but I love my life. I mean, I love my routines. I love the routines that I have in the morning, in the evening, my working uh, daily routine. So that's basically it. And what was the other question? What keeps you motivated? Oh, what keeps me motivated? Well, you know, helping others, Diana. Uh -huh. I, I love to serve. And I think I've been serving all my life since I've been teaching since I was uh, 19 years old. And I love to teach. I love to help. I love to bring the conscience in other people. Um, it keeps me very motivated to study. I love to study. And, but more than studying, I love to apply what I learn in myself and see what works and what doesn't work. And finally, what keeps me more motivated, most motivated of all, it's God. I mean, God motivates my life since I wake up. So my first thought when I open my eyes in bed is God. And my last thought when I close my eyes before I go into deep sleep is God. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well that's fascinating totally fascinating everything that you that you uh, are telling me and and going back to the previous question in which you have all this structure in place for me personally also i find that having a structure in place is is very it keeps me going you know it helps it helps to to just be able to keep going and knowing that you're doing things that help you and that, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I, I, I love that having a structure during the day. Very, I think very interesting. That, that, that having a structure, it's one of the best tools that a person can have to be successful. 
-hmm. I mean, uh, interesting. It's, it's really one of the best tools because when, when you have a structure, when you have routine, when you, when you follow uh, routines in your life, and if those routines are healthy routines, you're just following the energy of the sun and the energy of the night. And you're taking advantage of nature's energy. And the energy that you have outside is the energy that you have in your mind. And it's the energy that you have in your physique and in your biology. So when you plan and you have, a, you have routines that go with these biorhythms, there's, you know, you have all but achievements. Because when you go against the biorhythms of nature, you're just going against your own energy, your own biorhythms, because you form part of nature. So if birds have a routine, if animals have a routine, the, more, the most logical thing is that we also, as human beings that form part of this planet, and we are animals as well, with intelligence, with mind, and so, if we follow routines, we're going to take advantage of that energy that Mother Nature gives us. That's, that's an important point, because if you can take advantage of that energy, that's that much more energy that you have during the day. Of course. That's amazing. That, it's yeah. amazing. I hadn't thought about it that way. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Um, can, and then uh, what inspired you to, to go into Ayurveda? You know, because, I mean, you started the yoga, and of course you liked it, and then you went and became a, a yoga teacher. And what took you to the Ayurveda? You know, Diana, what took me to Ayurveda was suffering. Oh. Interesting. Suffering. Mm -hmm. uh, because when I started doing yoga... I also started doing yoga because of suffering, but even when I was practicing yoga, the suffering kept on. And when I met Ayurveda, Ayurveda just, you know, by what I told you at the beginning, just by helping me to recognize myself, embrace myself, love myself, but not like they sound like beautiful words, no. It teaches you how to love yourself because it, it gives you the tools to recognize yourself. Yeah. Only that day, I stopped suffering and I started seeing my life from another angle. So I entered Ayurveda basically because I had a lot of trouble with food. So I was doing yoga I was meditating, but I kept on having trouble with food, meaning having a bad relationship with food, meaning hurting myself with food, okay? And really struggling about it. So I knew Ayurveda had to do a lot, a lot with diet, with conscious diet. So after going through, I don't know how many diets in my life, I don't know how many periods of starvation and, you know, going back and forth. I, I don't, you know, I don't have, uh, I don't have a problem with being fat or anything. It's just that I had a mental anguish. Okay. So I just knocked on the door in Ayurveda and I knocked on the door on uh, a book that Deepak Chopra wrote like 
15 years ago that it's called Perfect Health. So I read the book and it called my attention, but it wasn't until I read a book called uh, The Hot Belly Diet by Dr. Suhas Shirsagar, who is my mentor nowadays, that everything falls into place. And after I read that book, I just went directly to Santa Cruz, California and met Dr. Suhas. And that was the beginning. And then I started studying Ayurveda and now I am one of his uh, pupils and all the suffering regarding food, regarding, you know, self-esteem and all those issues just vanished, vanished, meaning they disappeared. That's like, I don't even recall how I felt six, <laughs> seven years ago. So that's the answer. That's great. And so when, when you read Dr. Suha's book, was that your aha moment or did you have other aha moments? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dr. Suha's book was an aha moment. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. The hot belly diet. Hot belly meaning because in the belly, there's a fire. So that's why it's called the hot belly because the belly has to be hot. You got to mm -hmm. have fire in your belly for digestion. So that is why it's called the hot belly diet because it's a diet based on digestion. That was an aha moment, absolutely, totally, meeting Dr. Suhas. And then after Dr. Suhas, because one person leads you to another, I had the second aha moment when I met Swami Vivian Ishananda, uh, the living monk, Himalayan living monk, uh, who's my guru nowadays. And, uh, you know, I've never ever met a, a Himalayan monk ever. I've never been to India. So, you know, I'm not used to kissing the feet of anybody or vowing because, you know, I'm, I used to be Christian. I'm Christian. I'm still Christian. I mean, I'm Catholic. I, I absolutely believe in God, absolutely, and in Jesus Christ and Virgin Mary. But, you know, just being in front of a monk, of a Swami was like, okay, this is an aha moment. And I, you know, it's like, okay, I have him in front of me. What do I do? I mean, do I have to vow, kiss feet, uh, you know, kneel down? What do I do? It was like an aha moment. Like, okay, wow. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, I am in front of a monk that has a lineage of 15,000 years with no, I mean, they haven't changed a bit. So it's, it's like such a, a classical lineage. It's the same lineage as, as uh, Hari Hari Ananda and, you know, so many gurus. So that was an aha moment when I met him. And it was such an aha moment that three months later, I got initiated in Kriya Yoga by Swami Vidyadishananda. So, yeah, that was like a very aha-ha-ha ah, God moment. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's fascinating. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Yeah, that is very surprising and, and very, very happy moments. You know, those, yes. those, those aha moments that bring you so much. Yes. So it's, it's wonderful. Um, yes. And asking you uh, right now, are you reading any fascinating book that you might want to share with us? Uh, yes. Well, I'm reading, actually, at this time, I'm reading three books, but one uh, I'm reading a book about uh, the laws of karma, but it's a book that, you know, I cannot recommend because it's not in Amazon or anywhere else. I mean, I bought it from Swami Vidya Ishananda and it's fascinating because it's everything that has to do with karma. But I'm, I'm going to tell you about another book that I can recommend 
and you can find that in Amazon and I absolutely love it. And it's called Building Tiny Habits. Building Tiny Habits. Okay. So Building Tiny Habits, is, it's written by BJ Fox and that's a relatively new book. And it's a fascinating book, Diana, because um, as a counselor and I, you know, I help so many people and, you know, I help in, I give courses in meditation, breathing courses, you know, uh, Ayurvedic courses. Um, I give all, all kinds of, uh, you know, classes and charlas and stuff. And I found that it's so hard for people to install habits. It is hard. I mean, something that it's not easy. So, you know, the other day I was writing a course for an app that it's called Insight Timer, where I have several uh, free meditations. So I'm doing a course there, um, a course that it's called uh, Living It's Your Unique Adventure. I Would you repeat the app? Could you repeat the name of the app so we can look you up? Yeah, uh, the app it's called Insight Timer. Insight Timer. It's a very famous mm -hmm. meditation app, and there you can find me as Claudia Figueredo, and you have mm -hmm. uh, several, like ten or eight, uh, free meditations mm -hmm. that I record uh, a few months ago. So uh, the thing is that I, I'm doing a course for this app that it's called Living It's Your Unique Adventure, and. As I was writing the course, I realized that something was missing, that I could not continue teaching or helping people to build healthier habits if I didn't help them how to install a habit. I Very mean, true. how do you help other people to build a healthy habit? I mean, people cannot start from where I am because I am different than you are. I have a different conscious and I've been working on this for more years and whatever. And I was in an emergency when I started this. I mean, I started Ayurveda because I was getting very sick from my colon and my stomach and I had ulcers and I had all kinds of things. I had to, or I changed or I was going to, you know, really, really, really be in a tough time. So why am I saying this? Because I had to really go directly into, my, into changing my habits. But when I'm teaching others, how do you teach others that are not in an emergency mode, that are interested in knowing, but you know, do I have to change this? Oh, what? Oh, what? Do I have to stop uh, checking Instagram and, you know, and the computer two hours before I go to bed? Oh, I don't think so, so-and-so. So how do you help these people? Well, reading this book, Building Tiny Habits, helped me a great deal. I mean, like an immense deal to build my own habits and help people build their habits. So that's a book that I haven't finished yet. I still have like two chapters to go. And it's a fascinating book. It's easy to read and it really gives you tools for life. That's, that's important because so many times we do want to change our habits. We are aware that, you know, maybe, I don't know, drinking coffee at, you know, two o'clock in the morning doesn't work. So how do you change that? So yeah. I, I love that. And I'm definitely going to get it because I'm, I'm interested too. There's so many times we do need to change habits. So how do we do it? 
fascinating. Yeah, I mean, Thank you. How, how do you, how do you start? And, yeah. and, the, and the title says it, you know, building tiny habits. Yeah. Tiny. And that's me. And that's the only way we can start is with the tiny, as you say. Exactly. You know? Tiny. So and that's that's a book that's a fascinating book for for people that are interested on on you know on on just doing things better or start doing or even you know when you have always wanted to do something like meditating you know I have always wanted to meditate but there's no way I try and I you know can't make it happen because I don't you know I think all the time and then you know whatever I have tried like seven times I've done so many courses and there's no way well building tiny habits that book it's gonna teach you how you can even start to meditate just by one minute a day. I mean, you have to start by choosing something very small, easy, and that it's not really like such a quest to do. So yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> BJ, Fox doesn't, BJ Fox doesn't even know me, but you know, I just, I recommend things that I love and yeah, this is for him. <laughs> Thank you for Wonderful. writing the book. Yeah. Yes, I'm very interested in reading it. And I have one last question for you. Um, what is the most important lesson that life has taught you? This wonderfully interesting life that you have created for yourself. The, the most, the, uh, what is more important. Can you repeat that again so I can? Yes, what is the most important lesson life has taught you? I mean, or what, what was maybe a, a, a very important changing moment or, you know, uh, something like that. Yeah. Listen, the, the most important lesson so far that I have received is um, learning to pause. I have spent many years of my life without making a stop, meaning that um, I have always been like very reactive, you know, reactive to everything. You have to do this work, let's get it done. You know, you tell me something, I have an answer for you directly. Because of not making pauses, because of not making the time to observe, to write, to be in silence, to meditate, to look inside myself and even write about myself. Not have learned to do that before has led me through a lot of the suffering that I mentioned to you before. Because when you don't, you don't make a pause, you don't realize what you're going through. You don't even realize your life because you are in automatic mode. You know, you are a, a young girl, then, you know, you have your friends, you have fun, then you are an adolescent, you know, everything is about you. Then you get married and you have your husband and your kids. And then everything is about the kids, the husband, whatever you have to do, there's no stop. And then after you know, all that period being a mom, my kids not living here with me, getting divorced and going through a lot of difficult situations in my life. What has helped me to, to 
succeed or to release or to really live a freer life is to make a pause. A pause in everything, Diana. When I have felt sad is to be sad and cry. And I make the pause for crying. When I'm excited is to make the pause to be excited and enjoy it. When I am going through a, you know, an aha moment, it's, you know, realize that aha moment, it's like making a pause on everything that happens in my life, okay? I finished this interview with you, and before I go into another interview that I have, I make a pause. Fascinating. I need to make pauses. If I don't make pauses, I run over myself. I mean, so, I burn myself. Mm -hmm. okay. So that has happened a lot in my life before. I have always been burning myself. I go over myself, I burn myself, and I burn others also around me because I didn't make pauses. Also mm -hmm. to recognize other people, to hear you, to listen to what you have to say, to listen to my mother, to listen to my kids, to listen to my fiance, to listen to myself, to listen to God. So that is the most important thing I have learned. Well, everyone, audience, you know, all our listeners, you heard Claudia, let's all pause and many pauses that we need to do. That's a huge learning lesson for sure and a very important one because it does give you a chance to listen, to know, to understand, to, you know, be balanced. And that's wonderful. Thank you for that. I mean, we, I will definitely learn how to pause. Yeah, and that's something you learn with the practice and that's something we can recommend students, you know, when you, when you graduate, from college or you graduate from high school or you know when we're young we we are the owners of the world you know you you want to eat the world you know whatever you say is what you say because you know you just graduated and you are like you know what do you know I know everything about so so and so and pausing makes you humble Interesting. Pauses makes you when you pause you listen when you listen you learn and and you know people these kids that are graduating from college or graduating from high school you have teachers not only in college or high school you have teachers all over you just have to pause and listen to the teachings Listen to what that person in that bakery, it's, you know, tells you a word. And because you are with the phone chatting, you are not paying attention. You know, pausing makes you conscious. And being conscious makes you a better citizen of the world and of the universe. Very, very interesting and a wonderful way to finish this uh, interview. Thank you so much, Claudia. It has been very exciting to listen to you. And as one of your clients, of course, I learned even more <laughs> about Ayurveda. So I am thrilled. And uh, I hope to have you back as a, a, a guest again very soon. Oh, Thank yeah. Please, my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for this interview. I loved it. I, I think you're going to be, you 
you're going to be no you are already a great um interviewer well i don't know how you say that i think you have yes wonderful skills i mean your english is beautiful the way you follow the interview and the questions and how you respond to the questions i think you can interview a lot of people and people are going to love it and you have a great sound in your voice so i would love to hear all your interviews in spotify okay i will i will let you know where they are thank you so much claudia and see you very soon bye bye thank you so much diana bye bye Listo, ya. <ríe> no sé si estás ahí o ya te fuiste por el internet. Uy, uy, uy. Algo pasó.